now. The show you've all been waiting for. Only on JRootRadio.com. Tens of thousands of listeners. Bringing you the very best in Jewish music. Mayo Shishi with Yoeli. And here's your host, Yoeli Carr. And good evening and welcome everybody to another great edition of Mayo Shishi with Yoeli. Uh, I am very, very excited for tonight's show because, you know, we have a schus. Tonight we're going to be doing something a little bit different than we usually do. Really? That's right. We're going to be doing something a little bit different. As you know, J-Root Radio is always there for the community. So tonight, the entire Jewish community is all over the the world. world. So tonight, once again, um, J-Root Radio in conjunction with Leil Shishi, are going to bring bring you a special program. Usually, as you know, we um, we highlight great Jewish music, which we will do tonight as well. But tonight we are going to bring you a program where you will be able to... We're going to start off by texting in questions. We are going to have Rabbi Heber and Rabbi Holland from the Star K down in Baltimore. And they are going to be calling in in just a few minutes to discuss and uh, many different halachas and many different shilas that you might have about Pesach, what you're allowed to use on Pesach, what you're not allowed to use on Pesach, how to do things on Pesach. So we are very excited about that. Anyway, but before we do, as, I, as the intro said, we bring you the latest and greatest in Jewish music. We do have a brand new single that was just released a few days ago by um, um, our good friend Baruch Shalom. All right. That's right. He, uh, just, Baruch Shalom is on the video that we played last week. That's right. He is. He is. The, the, Here's a brand new song from Baruch Shalom debuting, world debut, and I think Baruch Shalom actually is listening tonight. So Baruch Shalom, we're going to dedicate this song to you. Here is Paiseach, brand new, debuting. Brain debut. That's not the brand new debut of... Here we go. Can we start it again, Nissen? This is the world debut. Here we go. Baruch Shalom. Yes, sir. 
Brand new from And we debuted here, a brand new single from Baruch Shalom. So hopefully you all enjoyed that. Anyway, as I said in the opener, in just a few minutes we are going to um, make contact with Rabbi Heber and Rabbi Holland from the Star K. But before we do, we have to hear from our friends at PAL. Us at 718-975-9000. 718-975-9000. When you stop by or call, make sure to say hello to A.B. or Ellie. And of course, tell them that you heard about them. Where? Right here on Leil Shishi with Yaley. Are you a pal yet? And they wish all our listeners on J-Root Radio and on Leil Shishi with Yaley a chag kosher v'sameach. Now. Amen. Amen. Can you hear that song? Now what's going to happen is that you're going to clean your car for Pesach, your plaza car, and you're going to be very, very hungry. So therefore, we tell everybody to cross over King Saul and go to our dear friends at Nash Express. And tonight, for the best, 2817 notes from the Avenue, 718-677-3600 for the best barbecue grill restaurant around American, Mexican, Israeli style. We said you should go to our dear friends. At Notch Express. And tonight, before we get to our special guest, I do want to tell everybody that if you want to have an incredible Chalamoid, you have to check out this website, cholhamoidevents.com. Cholhamoidevents.com. They are doing two incredible events. One of them they're calling Have a Capital Chalamoid Trip. Have a Capital Chalamoid Trip Tuesday. They are going to have an exclusive from opening for our our community, only opened uh, to to uh, it's being close to the public. Six Flags America in Baltimore and Washington D.C. Um, so you could uh, go down there. It's going to be open Tuesday, Chalamoid, from twelve thirty to seven on Chalamoid at Six Flags America. Again, it's going to be exclusively open for our from Hamish community celebrating um, Chalamoid Pesach. And uh, by the way, you could also uh, stay. They have great hotel rooms in the area for uh, $139, $149 that you can stay Monday night and Tuesday night. There's going to be Mignonim, um, uh, a concert at night at 9 o'clock at the hotel. And there's many. So the second day also, there's many attractions in the area that you're able to go and check out. Some of them cost money. Some of them are free. But obviously, go to cholamoidevents.com to check out Six Flags America. And uh, and uh, as they put over here in the lo- in the in the ad, um, dozens of world class rides, very short lines, drive a little bit extra, and save hours of waiting online. So check that out, cholamoidevents.com. And when you're at cholamoidevents.com, you'll see that they also have an exclusive at Coco Keys. Coco Keys is a water resort in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, that you are also able to go. They have different times for the boys on Monday and Tuesday. Boys from 1 to 3.30, girls from 4 to 6.30. The other times you're able to go to the arcade. There's RJ Lewis will be there 1.30 and 4.30. And it's all around a great, and there also they have a hotel in the area. Check out cholhamoyedevents.com, cholhamoyedevents.com for all the information regarding Coco Keys 
and Six Flags America in Baltimore and Washington area. Talking about the Baltimore and Washington area, one of our premier cautious organizations are based in Baltimore, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome Talel Shishi with Yaeli, Rabbi, Rabbi Heber and Rabbi Holland from the Star K. Rabbis, welcome to Leil Shishi with Yaeli. How are you this evening? How are you? We're doing great. You know, first of all, Pesach, as we know, many people are, you know, are very excited for Pesach. We get to sit down at a Seder and enjoy the Seder, whether you're at home, whether you're away, whether you're with family, whether you're with, with, with friends. But, you know, at getting there is not always, you know, I wouldn't say, it, you know, there's a famous from Ramosh, if it's Schwerz, you know, Schwerzizanayid or Gishmakzizanayid. Getting to Pesach, it's a lot of work and there's a lot of shyness, but it is Gishmak and Baruch Hashem. We have, we have a, a cautious organization like the Star K that is there. And I understand this is your busy season, Rabbis, that you get up to the last minute. People call with questions, call with shyness, because people want to do the right thing. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Star K just released the 2016 Passover guide. So uh, you want to tell us a little bit what that is? And again, if you want to text in any questions in regard to Pesach, uh, you could text in, and maybe later we'll take some phone calls as well. 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. So if you want to tell us a little bit about the uh, 2016 Passover guide by the Star K. Sure, the, the Pesach guide, we've done this for a number of years. And it's, it's basically two guides in one. It, it, the beginning gives you various articles about uh, kashering, kashering your kitchen for Pesach, everything you need to know about the halachas of, of whether it's kashering, whether it's uh, how to check for bugs, how to check for taloi, which is really year-round information, tuas kalim, uh, oven information, chametz information, what's real chametz for people who who don't want to sell real chametz. Uh, of course, there's manim chart. And what to do if you find chametz on Pesach? A lot of a lot of very very important uh, questions. There are probably hundreds of questions are answered. The second half of the guide is Rabbi Gershon Bess and the Kyle Los Angeles's uh, medicine guide, which actually Rabbi Bess has been uh, publishing for the Kyle for about the la- for about thirty years or so. For about the last uh, Baruch 10, 12 years, we've we've combined that Kyle Los Angeles medicine guide and cosmetics, which goes through uh, hundreds, maybe even thousands, of medications, which Rabbi Bess has been in touch with the companies to determine that they're chametz-free, as well as uh, various uh, shampoos and uh, cosmetics, etc., to make sure that they're, that they're chametz-free. We also have it. It's also available not only in book form, but it's also available by app, so you can get online on the Star K website, which is star-k.org, and you can download it to an app, and uh, for items not in the book or for if things aren't clear, our hotline, uh, we're here. They take calls from 9 to 5, and Baruch Hashem, it's been very busy. Um, we got house we got, we got house calls, too. Baruch Hashem, it's, it's got busy. People are, a lot of Erlo Chayin want to do the right thing. Like I said in, in the, the array, In an array of areas. Right, so what is that number in case, you know, if somebody can't get through tonight, if they want to ask a, a question over the next... Uh, Sure. So the phone number is 410-484-4110, and that's tomorrow, it's 9 to 2.30, the hotline's open, and then next week, Monday through Thursday, it's uh, it's 9 to 5. And if you want to send it to Shiloh, you could send it to our Halacha Institute, Halacha, 
at star-k.org. That's a, if you have a lot of Shiloh related to Pesach. And if it's just a, a general question uh, regarding a product or, or medication, there's um, uh, info at uh, info at star-k.org. So what, what happens if somebody has a question after 5 o'clock? They know how to reach me. I don't know how to get that number over the air. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, it's uh, 7 o'clock. Not only me, but I'm all the way up on Rabbi Holland, and, and the Rabbi Heinemann certainly is, is inundated. When we're, we're stuck, we call Rabbi Heinemann. Uh, you know, the, the, several questions come in that uh, you'd be surprised. There are all sorts of, uh, you know, very interesting questions which come up. So Generally, nobody, nobody gets left, nobody gets left behind. Over the years, right. the start came between phone calls and emails answers about one hundred and fifty thousand wow. senior queries. This week we'll do just over one thousand calls a day. Wow. Incredible. Almost DJ Yuda show. <laughs> right. Rabbi, Rabbi Holland. Good chavers here joining us. Rabbi Holland? Yes. You know, this is Elchanan Hamada. How are you? Oh, how are you? So, so we go back a long, long way. When Yerli told me that I, I uh, co-host the show, I mean, it's Yerli's show, I just help out a little bit. But when he told me that I would have this chus to be with an old dear friend, Rabbi Holland, I was like, Wow. Really, uh, so it's a, definitely a pleasure to be speaking to you in Baltimore, Maryland. That's right. So, so let's get into some of the uh, some of the things. Again, if you have a question, three you could text in three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. Before we get into any specifics, you know, there's many um, um, soaps and and cosmetics and uh, perfumes and medications. When does it become, I mean, certain things are a necessity to, to take, right? There are certain medications that people can't live without. And so what would be the guideline? If something has chametz gummer in it, or, or would they be allowed to take it? Or, or, if, or at what point do we say, okay, they could take off for the week? How, how does how do, when it comes to medica- important medications? So that's a very important question. So there's really the two sugars. One is the medication sugar, which we'll talk about, and then, and then the cosmetic uh, right. cases. So medication... Really starts with the with the universal uh, sugya throughout shas, and that's the different levels of a chayla. As is well known, a chayla sheish beisakana, a person who is ill, whose life is in danger, is allowed to do uh, practically anything except for, of course, uh, the three cardinal averus of adzergi murder, adultery, and uh, idolatry. Other than that, of course, eating tarfus, eating chametz, is not only mutter but is a chayv. So therefore, the Allah says that a person is, uh, their life is in danger, which doesn't only mean if they're experiencing a heart attack or a stroke, which is an obvious sakon, uh, an obvious danger, what is Mechal Shabbos for, but even if a person has certain conditions, kidney disease, lung disease, uh, certain types of depression, uh, immune system issues, uh, cancer treatments, uh, etc., uh, diabetes even, those are for sakana. And such a person could take anything, of course, unless something else is not readily available. Right there, a person has the ability to do that. We even say a person that has a chronic condition, which could lead to serious consequences, is is also sakana, and a person should be careful, uh, you know, not to change any medication or get off of it for psychiat- certain psychiatric conditions or uh, even colitis or high cholesterol, Parkinson's. Uh, thyroid conditions, asthma, multiple sclerosis, etc. So that, that, those are really sakana categories. So that, that's the, really the easiest in the sense that it's mutter. The shaylas really start with a chaylas she'embe sakana, a person whose life is not in danger. There, there, there are certain atterim, certain leniencies when it comes to 
swallowing a pill by a chayla shebe sakana, which is called shalik aderech achila, and that is that's mutter when something is not readily available. If you have a choice between one or the other, and something's readily available, of course you'd go with the non chametz item. Uh, but if if it is if it's not readily available, then it's it's it's, it's, not, a it's not a problem. Also, the shilas come up where somebody just has a mechush or with a discomfort or someone's in good health. And there, it's much, it's much more difficult to be lenient, and one should be extra careful. So, so the list is really primarily for the people who are sakana and they're looking to make sure they're doing it right. Even um, their life is not in danger. For example, uh, pain relievers, uh, a little bit of fever, uh, fever reducers for just a regular illness that's not life-threatening. So there we have lists of, of ibuprofen and which, um, which, which. Uh, acetaminophens can be taken, which Advils, which Motrins, which Tylenols, which Aspirins, etc. And, and certainly somebody who is really in good health, we go through all the guidelines. For example, someone who's ill is allowed to take kidneys. That's important. Leniency, why one could, uh, a baby, the, the baby formula is kidneys, or elderly, and sure, that's, that's 100% mutter. Those are, those are kidneys. So that, that's really the, the in, the, right, in so a nutshell, right, that's so really it, the basic it, it, guideline, it, it, but there's several pages that go through these halachas in the booklet. In in regard yeah. to in regard to um uh you know medications, if if there's two different things. There's one is when it has chametz gummer, and then there's if this kidney is. I know we have a, a large uh, Svardi listening audience with this. That obviously is not a problem, but the, for right. the Ashkenaz community, so if it is if it's something that a chayl shame by sakana, as you as you said, that they do not. If it's kidneyous, is that is that a problem, or they should? Or, or? That's by chaylashay by sakana. If someone's a chaylashay by sakana, then kidneys becomes mutter. Uh-huh. So again, that that's very relevant in particular. It, it's a, a baby and an elderly individual. They they live on on kidneys type of supplements and um, supplementary items or baby formulas is, is almost always kidneyous, and that's mutter. You keep it separate from the rest of your. Caleb, you rinse it off, not in your regular kitchen sink, or someone elderly. Even even a product like uh, we got shadows about thicket, which is a corn-based item for elderly uh, uh, individuals who have trouble swallowing. So that's certainly mutter. To even if you know it's mutter right off the bat, and therefore one could mix that into their you know, their soup, their their beverages, and that a lot gives them uh, the ability to properly swallow it. You know, they got to remember. That you gotta remember that the, the real Shiloh, the people who are really struggle with this, are not the Khalim. Uh, the Khalim are like, they have kidneys, it's fine. The real, the, the real Shiloh are the people who have what we call the Mechus. Uh, you know, they, they don't feel so good, it's not, it's, not, it's not enough to be considered a sick person. To just, uh, to, to, to just uh, take anything that they want is it, it, not, not 100% the correct way to handle it. Right, it's supplements, you know, just that people take a vitamin every day, that it's, it's an extra supplement or. Some powdered item, in particular, or, or chewable or liquid for, for sure, where they're just doing it just to, you know, get the little boost or something like that. Right. That's a bodybuilder or something like that. That's very severe. To uh, even, much, much even, more difficult even to be kidney, in that even case. kidneys. Even so, yeah, the person has to, you know, look carefully into what they have, uh-huh. what their particular situation is, and 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 act accordingly based on. Uh, Based on what's in the guide, we we mentioned before cosmetics, shampoos, and soaps. So if uh, you know, there's the whole the whole uh, concept of it's enoreila enoreila chilas kelev. So I mean, is is a if a shampoo has chametz gomer, is 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 a dog gonna be eating 
uh, the shampoo is a, 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 what is that whole guideline of Reilachilas Kelavona? Right, so Baker Adin is permissible, cosmetics and shampoos and items that are, you're not putting in your mouth are certainly Baker Adin Mutter. However, um, much of Kalah has been Nizar in these, these areas. Um, as we've mentioned, we have a nice article online about this that already, and we found 80 years ago in Germany, they, have, they had guides and lists of all sorts of products oh. that were, were external products. So you see, it's not a new Indian. You see, people have wanted to, you know, run away, separate, separate themselves from, from Hamid. There's several reasons for this. One is there's a guy in, in, in Rukh Shabbos that brings that, uh, we say, which is, which is rubbing something like a cream. If it's not kosher, the guy actually says, Technically, it's not permissible all year round. Now, we're not put on this guy. The developers, that's why bar soap, which is which is something which is trace, it comes from uh, tallow. It's not kosher. It's certainly not royal achila. It's certainly 100% mutter. And therefore, the, again, people use bar soap during the course of the year. But since the guy was machmir, when it came to, to the year round, even though we're not put the whole year, but when it comes to Pesach, People are machmed, so therefore a shampoo or a cream or an ointment that has chametz in it, people are are, are nizer in it in order to to be machmed like the guy. And that's one of the reasons why why people are are machmed. It's it's a little bit like uh, Arab Pesach. People are machmed on the Magen of Rum. Zmanim is a topic which is near and dear to me, <laughs> and we know that even though let's say Kriyshma during the year, it's a nice thing to be machmed on the Magen of Rum, which is the latest time for Shema. It's it's, it's thirty six minutes or even more. Before the Gaim, but even people who are not necessarily Nizer in the Magad Avram when it comes to Kriyashma, but Arab Pesach, even though this man of Chametz is, itself is already the Rabbanon, but when it comes to Chametz, people run the other way, and therefore the, the Mishabur brings Arab Pesach, one should be Makhtar like the Magad Avram, and that's true even if when it comes to Kriyashma, a person is not Makhtar. So it's, it's really the Pesach Hakpadah, um, like a person should not be over Makhtar in the sense of something where. Where there's no Indian, um, if I could. Uh, right. Well, what, what, you know, in Pesach in general, you, you, there's a uh, you know people have certain chumras and certain things. I mean, there's uh, you know, for example, the fish thing and the chicken thing. There's chumras that are obviously is a messiah of many families from different places where you come from. So obviously Pesach people are, are mock, but not that it's not kosher. It's just that that's the you know the minig that they had. So sometimes you have to differentiate between the minhagim and what is actual uh, real halacha. 100%. That's very important because, again, when it comes to a, to a pediatric situation, or as if someone has been miser and someone has been careful but one has to know, and that's really where one's rub is very important because if a person had a hakpada, um, you know, they, uh, uh, you know, there, there's a rub here, Rav Yossi Berger, who's a, a, a big guy, and uh, he's a very, very hush of a rub here, and he, his father was a rub in Kansas City, and he told me a story that Pesach, he once got a call. I forgot, I forgot exactly the prat, but it was something that didn't make any sense to him. It was something that, that um, like, why would anyone in the world be mocked on such a thing? And then he found out that 100 years earlier, there had been a rub in St. Joseph, Missouri, which is, uh, for those history buffs, that's where the Pony Express started, but that was that's 50 miles north of uh, Barrack of Kansas City. There had been, there had been, Eric Truman lived in Independence near Kansas City, but that had, had been Macbeth on this island. It was a Rav who, who, 
who uptied something, I think it was a starch, and he thought that that starch was some vegetable or something. I think it was a starchy vegetable. They asked the Rav, at the turn of the century, and he says, oh, it's starch? It's, it's hummus. And really, it was, it, I think it was bananas, right? It was bananas. This Rav didn't know what bananas were, and, and in 1915, he passed that they, they told him, well, it's a starchy fruit. They said, starch? Starch is hummus, so no bananas. So, 75 years later, the Shabbosi Burger was, was manning the phone for his father as a, as a, as a bucker, and someone called him about bananas, and he says, bananas are mutter, and he hung up saying, what, what is this homer? I never heard of such a thing. And then he tracked it back, the, the talk of this rov in St. Joseph, uh, Missouri, had been mocked. But so, so certain anhogas are, I guess you could say, you know, just came about, uh, something like that. There is no hakpot of bananas, and they're 100% mutter. But one, you know, there are many hakpotas that are Eiskehalten, and right, so uh, it's not, right, so there's two, actually there's two. What, what, you know, what's what what is you know a true family minig and where one you know if necessary could could bend the rules. I'm actually before we get to some of our listeners' questions, <coughs> this is a personal one is in regard to garlic and mushrooms. Is that just a hakpada? Is there really a shiloh with garlic and mushrooms? Or uh, I mean I know maybe one might be a problem, might one might not be a problem that it was grown next to wheat or what's what's the story with that? Yeah, no, I think I'm gonna I, I think I'll say it like this. You know, I don't know if I don't know if there are any Belzers who listen to J Root Radio. Be surprised. In Bells, they, in Be- what? You'll be surprised. <laughs> yeah. In Bells, they don't eat carrots. Really? Are you aware of that? No. In Bells, they don't eat carrots. Anyway, you know what, how you say carrots in Yiddish? Marin. Exactly. What does marin mean? We say marin, it, marin. it becomes more. Like it rises. Uh, so, so in Bells, they have a meaning not to, not, not to eat carrots. In Lubavitch, they have a minute to peel every single fruit or vegetable that you peel. You don't have peel. to go to Lubavitch. I do. I peel every fruit or vegetable. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. I, I apologize. I won't have to go to Lubavitch. I come to Jerusalem. <laughs> so, so the, the history of that, the history of that, for example, is because it's a simple way to make sure that there's no hummus on the outside of the, of the, of the vegetable. If you take off the outside, so you, you got rid of the hummus. So when it comes to garlic and... You know, it comes to it comes to something like garlic and and uh, and mushrooms. There could be reasons why in the past, uh, in, in the past, garlic and mushrooms could have had issues. We have a product today that's very similar to that. Uh, dates, dates. We eat. You know, obviously, you can buy cultural paste like dates, but in that, almost every factory that, that 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 packages dates packages something called a date roll, and a date roll has wheat in it. So because the dates are made in a room with wheat, and any room that has a, a, a flour in it, the flour is everywhere. Uh, if it's comic flower, it's not comic flower. The flower is going to be everywhere. So we require a special place of uh, certification on dates to make sure it's not dates that come from such a place. But the fact is, is that today, uh, garlic, uh, fresh garlic, and and mushrooms uh, do are not grown in a way that uh, presents a comic problem. But years ago, I believe the storage of garlic was an issue, and the and the medium, which means the place where they grew the mushrooms, mushrooms don't grow in the ground; they grow on something, a fungus. Right, the fungus. The medium. Uh, may have presented uh, Pesach issues, and that's why uh, people uh, people didn't eat them. It's a lot uh, of things, yeah, the lot of... Shukharach, it, it talks about kidneys, there's a little Shukharach of things that are not kidneys that we don't eat because they're mixed up with hummus. Things like cumin and mustard seeds and, uh, you know, some certain other spices, which today, coriander is another one, which today you can find Kashmir Pesach cumin that even Ashkenazi believes because it can be completely clean from hummus and there's no problem. So, yes, uh, there, there may be a reason not to eat garlic and mushrooms, but if you have the minute, I'm not encouraging you to change it. Even if you don't eat carrots, 
Uh, it's fine with me. Because <laughs> that's, that's a minute. And, uh, so years ago. Short, but, uh, but from a halachic perspective today, garlic and mushroom don't present any issues. So over the years, we've, you said that there's been different menhagim eating, eating different fruits, uh, foods and some people don't eat it. Recently, there's been a very popular food called quinoa that a lot of people eat during the year. What is your stand uh, standing with quinoa on Pesach? So the Star K uh, has allowed quinoa on Pesach for over 15 years. Uh, the reason why, quinoa is from the Goosefoot family, uh, which I think is related to beets somehow. Uh, quinoa is, uh, it, grows, it grows from the ground, it's the grass. It's not a glutinous grain, it doesn't have gluten in it, 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 it doesn't have chimut, it doesn't, uh, doesn't ferment, it doesn't rise. It has what the Gemara calls sirachan, and uh, there's uh, there's no reason to uh, there's, there's no reason to be concerned about chametz with it. The question is, does it have a kidney issue? And that boils down to a basic issue, which is, is do we create new kidneys nowadays? Which means like this: is that there were things the Kalishol never ate because of the minig of kidneys. Uh, the whole minig of kidneys is, is one of these menhagim. There's no real reason not to eat kidneys from a chametz perspective. Uh, it, the reason why they didn't eat kidneys is either because it was similar uh, to chametz or it was mixed up with chametz. And uh, and uh, the question becomes, you know, do we anything that that you know that that looks like a grain that's piled up that can be ground up that can that could be turned into a flower is that is that something that's all of a sudden become also, uh, because of kidneys? So what you're really saying is anything that they anything that they didn't have in Europe that's an American food that is a shell of kidney it should really be mutter. Uh, well, we, we, that's exactly what we're discussing. Uh, that's exactly what we're discussing. Right, so, so what else would you so say besides... Wait, 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 let's flesh let, let, this whole thing out. So it, it's, like it's, well known, it, it's well known that Moshe Feinstein at his Seder uh, was, like everybody, gave out a dozen employees. Do you know what he gave out at his Seder? Don't tell me, Kim. He gave out, pe- gave out peanuts. Peanuts? Peanuts? Moshe gave peanuts out of his Seder. Today, if you and I would abandon our wives for Pesach and start a new minute of getting people to go to South Africa for Pesach, where there is the last pure Litvish and Yakish community uh, in the world, you will go and they, everybody there eats peanuts. On Pesach. In Africa, everybody eats peanuts. Peanuts never can never consider kidneys. However, when the Kibbutz Gullies came to the United States, uh, there were many, 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 the vast majority, I would think, of the communities of the Ashkenazim came to the United States felt that peanuts were out of the pale. And therefore, peanuts became also. Uh When I was young, peanut oil was the Pesach oil. Yeah, and when correct, you were young, correct. I don't know how old you are, Yerli, but I know that when Rabbi Hanan was young, oh, here we also, go. He, peanut oil was was the Pesach oil. Yeah, no, but 100%. The, the matter is, the vast majority of the vast majority of these things, if you hold that kidneys doesn't expand automatically, these things are not are, are, are not are, are, are not kidneys, and therefore. Uh, and therefore, this is a New World grain, quinoa. Quinoa is from South, America, from South America. It grows in places where uh, regular grains, comets grains, are not prone to grow. And therefore, uh, many years ago, Rehanimu went to speak to Rebecca Bloy, that's out of the Aedes Horatius. And at the time, Rebecca Bloy told Rehanimu that he felt it was fine, so Rehanimu permitted it. Uh, subsequently, I believe that uh, Bloy uh, felt that he went out on a limb. But uh, but quinoa became accepted in the United States, uh, and slowly uh, but surely, I think everybody uh, today recognizes that it's not a kidney screen. There are those like people who don't eat carrots, people who don't eat mushrooms, who don't eat garlic, 
remain comfortable with it. Uh, there's other examples. But does it? Need, but it does need. Europe. It does need a Pesach Hechsha, right? That's a great question. That's a fabulous question. Does Kinwa need a Pesach Hechsha? So we say that Kinwa needs to be uh, needs to be Pesach compatible. Uh, actually, the Starke Kinwa Kinwa Corporation, which is the largest Kinwa company in the world, uh, all of their whole grain Kinwa. Ancient, which is the ancient harvest brand, with Starke doesn't require P for Pesach because the uh, the, the procedure is 100% uh, uh, Pesach compatible. However, um, quinoa can be while it can be grown in a completely clean environment, quinoa can be can be transported and packaged in many different ways. And since we should come the physical, we're very careful about these things, and we're makpid even on a mashu, and we and we're makpid uh, that there shouldn't be. E, that even if it's bottled before Pesach, we don't want to have Hamas and Pesach in our products to the extent it's possible. So like many other Pesach products uh, uh, that, uh, you know, theoretically uh, have no Hamas in them, we, we do recommend, as do all the, uh, sharing all of the world, recommend the Pesach texture for things that possibly could have come in contact with Hamas. So we do suggest that uh, you either actually have a Pesach texture or uh, like our Kinoa from the ancient Harvest Company, uh, be one that the hexer can stand behind even uh, without the pea. Talking about and, a of course, for, and of course, for the record, no one in America eats peanuts anymore. <laughs> for the record. Are you sure the Feinsteins don't? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that the Feinsteins don't eat, don't really? eat peanuts wow. anymore. But cottonseed oil, for example, which is accepted 100% here in the United States, is not accepted at all in our Tissot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mishra Vice in England, I believe they don't eat cottonseed either. We don't eat canola oil, which is made from a poisonous seed called the rapeseed, uh, which is uh, grown in Canada. And the truth is, there's no reason that we don't, except that it became accepted not to, similar to the peanut. The canola oil uh, is even better than everything else uh, that theoretically could be because it's not even edible. Um, we eat potatoes. Even though it makes sense, uh, right. potatoes certainly should be kidneys. Could you imagine uh, anybody who wants to know why potatoes should be kidneys should go to the store this week uh, in any big kosher supermarket where you can see kosher Pesach um, hamburger buns made out of potato starch. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, talking about new products, you know, every, there's always the uh, sugar sub- substitutes. The, the newest one is stevia. Is there, does stevia need a kosher Pesach hechsher? And if it does, is there any out there that are kosher Pesach? The stevia would need a kosher pesach hechsher because it's an extract, um, and all extractives need a, a kosher pesach hechsher because there are a couple ways to do extraction. One way is a water extraction process, which theoretically could be kosher pesach. The other way they do extractions is with alcohol. When you buy a vanilla extract, for example, or, or another um, type of food extract, They've extracted the taste of the, the tempsis of this uh, of fruit or vegetable or, or spice or whatever it might be. They've extracted it with the use of alcohol. Of course, alcohol could be derived from petroleum. Alcohol could be derived from grains. And those grains could include hummus grains. They could include kidneys grains. So whenever we hear the word extract, by definition, actually require hexa all year round because, of, because there's an outside chance that it could even be uh, um, wine or grape, grape alcohol, grape-derived alcohol. Um, but, but there's even a bigger chance that it could be grain-derived alcohol, and therefore extractives do require a hexa for Pesach. So stevia would need extra for Pesach. If someone would make it using the water method, then in theory it could be kosher Pesach. I am not familiar 
with, with the Kashmir Pesach Stevia. There's another point that's important in talking about sweeteners, even if that's some zach, is Kashmir Pesach. In other words, the extract is Kashmir Pesach or, or, or any other type of, let's say, saccharin or any other type of, of artificial sweetener. Many of them often have a carrier. So the, the actual sweetener itself is very powerful, very strong. It was, if you want to, let's say, add a stevia extract or saccharin into your coffee and you would get it 100% pure, it would fit on, a, on let's say, the, your, your fingertip and it would be very hard to put into your coffee because you'd have to take a mamasha mashahu and, and it would be hard to measure. What they do is they mix it into, a, 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 we'll call it a filler, which gives it body and gives, makes it, you know, you have a, you have a shtickle zach, so to speak, and now you can open up the packet and pour the packet into your into your cup of coffee or, or whatever you're whatever you're putting it into, and therefore that that carrier could be maltodextrin, which is a corn derivative, which of course is going to be kidneyous, and therefore sweeteners, artificial sweeteners, uh, need to be kosher pesach. Again, I'm not familiar with a stevia, but maybe we'll find one before the end of the show. So talking about sweeteners, coffee and tea do. Coffee and tea that you use year-round, do they have to be kosher Pesach? Well, or, coffee and tea, are, it's interesting. There's a lot of different kinds of coffee and tea, especially nowadays. Basic, unflavored coffee, that is uh, your regular say, coffee. Right, let's say your bottle of taster's, your, your regular bottle of taster's choice. What? Your regular yes. taster's choice coffee that you're going to get in the store. A regular taster's choice? No, so this, I'm going to explain. Uh, that was like, there are many, 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 many different kinds of coffee on the market. Baruch Hashem today, Baruch Hashem today, there are many, many kinds of coffee, many with a hechshah. Basic ground coffee beans that are roasted, that are unflavored, technically don't really require a kosher pesach hechshah. You're going to have a hard time finding something without a kosher pesach hechshah. But many, many of them are kosher without the extra P on it. A lot of the cashless agencies that, that certify uh, coffees or, or certain products that, that will make it year-round where it doesn't require a, a P on the label. So therefore, one would just check and make sure that in other words, kosher pesach all year round, whether there's a P on it or not. Again, I'm not saying all coffees are like that, but many of them are just, by definition, kosher pesach. Right, but it's important to know, it's important to know that, for example, the, biggest, the, the two biggest problems with coffee, practically, are decaffeinated coffee, which, again, decaffeinated coffee is done either with a, the Swiss water method, which is expensive and not as effective, or a method using alcohol, which which has a, a pesach problem. So decaffeinated coffee, uh, right across the board, is going to require a pesach sure. And flavored coffee, uh, again, the flavors, uh, you know, once you get into a flavor, you certainly need a pesach certification. When we talk about instant coffees, it's a similar thing. Instant coffees are are it's a priceless item. Uh, there's all kinds of equipment. Uh, you know, unless unless somebody makes sure that unless somebody makes sure that the instant coffee uh, process is not uh, compromised by some kind of other, um, something that would be non-Pesach compatible, uh, we would say it requires a hexer. But there, again, like Rabbi Heber said, there are many products that have, um, that many, many, many products that have a hexer on it that don't need a P for Pesach. P, uh, is, tea, is a, tea is a really a similar story. But, you know, regular tea, but there are claw, regular tea doesn't present such, such big issues. But uh, it goes into a bag, there, there, could be, there could be issues with the paper and so on and so forth. Almost all tea in the United States has a hechsher, and those hechsherim uh, usually don't have a P, but the, 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 the hashkafas usually list whether they're required for P for Pesach. But as soon as it becomes decaffeinated, as soon as it becomes flavored, 
then a, a Pesach actually certainly requires. Instantly uh, as well, uh, technically would require uh, a Hachshah for Pesach, but uh, the only instantly that I know about is a co- company called Nesty. Nesty's regular unflavored does not require a fee, and the decaffeinated is not approved for Pesach. And that's the whole story about instantly. <laughs> <laughs> bottle tea would need, you know, the, the right. buy, uh, you buy a bottle of, like, uh, Honest Tea, or you buy a bottle of uh, the Lipton, you know, the bottles, Snapple, all that. Needs you know, right. what do you need to pay those are not available as Kashla Pesach. So people who like their bottled teas, you know, will have a hard Make time finding one for Pesach. Anyway, we're going to take a short uh, musical break. If you have a question, 3479278398. You can text in 3479278398. This is an old classic, Alchana, going back way back from uh, Moshe Aisha, but it's brought back to you now, just released by Chazan Shulam Lemer, the Shira Choir and the Freilich Band. Everybody say, I think if you get up and dance and get into a good pace, Achmoud, you can text in your questions. 
Wow. Yes. So Chazan Shom Lemer get you a little bit in the Pesach. It goes back to the classics. Anyway, before we get back to Rabbi Heber and Rabbi Holland, I want to remind everybody about Cholamoidevents.com. Chol Hamoidevents. C-H-O-L-H-A-M-O-E-D events.com. On Monday and Tuesday, they have the uh, Coco Keys Water Resort. Boys from one to th- uh, from one to three thirty, girls from four to six thirty, and then there's R.J. Lewis is going to be performing there. Um, it's only twenty bucks a ticket to go into the water park. They have hotel rooms, incredible prices. Or if you want, you can make it in, into a little, uh, a bit of a longer trip. You could actually travel down to the Star K neck of the woods, to the Baltimore, Washington area, where you could join a Cholamite uh, events as they bring you Six Flags America. And again, they have, uh, it's going to be taking place on Tuesday, Cholamite, from 12.30 to 7, exclusive opening for our community. And uh, it will be close to the public as they write over here, very short lines. Um, drive a little extra, save hours of waiting, have a capital Cholamite trip. Again, also there at the, the hotel um, is going to have a gala concert, 9 o'clock on Monday and Tuesday night. For more information reservations, you can call 732-503-8008, 732-503-8008. And, uh, or you could go online to cholhamoyedevents.com for Coco Keys Water Resort and for Six Flags America down in the Baltimore, Washington area. Um, so you could go and enjoy your chalamoy. Talking about hotels, uh, you, uh, you know, we know that if you go someplace before Pesach, you have to do bedikas chametz. But what's if uh, um, somebody shows up to a hotel on chalamoy and they didn't have the room before they came, before Yontif? What do they do about bedikas chametz? Is there a problem, or how do they uh, take, how do they deal with that? Um, well, the halacha is pretty straightforward. Uh, if you if you're leaving, and of course you could check the Star K. Uh, Pesach, 2016 Pesach director, which gives very clear instructions for all of these things. It's available in your local Jewish bookstore in a hard copy, the old-fashioned version. It's also available online at www.star-k.org, right. uh, which is one of the largest uh, kosher consumer information websites, a uh, brand-new website, uh, where you can download the uh, the web version of the guide and many other uh, useful uh, uh, useful documents, or our app, which is available both in the in the App Store, uh, the Apple App Store, and the Android uh, Play Store, um, the Google Play Store. But if you look over there, it's, it's pretty straightforward. If you're leaving uh, within 30 days before Pesach, the night before you leave, you make Medikas Chametz without a bracha, um, and you are responsible uh, to, uh, to do so. Um, when you get to uh, wherever you are uh, Pesach, if, if that place is uh, a place that if you're staying in someone else's house, so you probably wouldn't be obligated in Bedikas Chametz, but if it's a place that's your place, you bring Chametz into that place. So, for example, if you go two days before to a hotel or you rent a house uh, someplace and you bring Chametz into that house, so you'll be obligated in Bedikas Chametz tonight before you make a bracha. Uh, regardless, either way, it's fascinating that the, the custom is to follow the Ramaz vision for uh, Bir Chametz, that regardless on Erev Pesach, before this month, uh, we have a, a minute uh, to burn, uh, to, uh, to actually burn whatever chametz that we have uh, left over, and to, uh, to actively destroy it as part of the mitzvah of beer chametz. It's an interesting opinion of, of the Rama, and that would be uh, regardless if you uh, did bedikas chametz, uh, you know, a week before Tzad Rachi, you did it the night before with a, with a bracha. Uh, the question was more: If you show up to hotel on Chalamayid, is there an Indian of bedikas chametz? Uh, 
Which means you were home the first day, Ziantif. The second day, Chalamayd, you picked yourself up. You're taking a train. You're going to six months, America. I'm confused. I'm confused. We show up at the hotel, Chalamayd. How did your Chalamayd get to the hotel? No, 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 no. You're walking. I'm coming to... You mean there's a special service that you... Right, we're going. We just had an advertisement. I'm coming to visit you. This is about your Chalamayd? No, I'm coming to visit you in Baltimore. Now, I'm coming to visit you in Baltimore. And all of a sudden, you know, you tell me, okay, you want... And the second night, Chalamayd, and I'm instead of driving... Back to Brooklyn, I pass by a hotel. I say, you know what? I'm gonna sleep there tonight. I have my own food. Do I have to do anything in this room? To I'm ready. Sure that there's no comment. The only thing you want to do here, Patches, when you walk in, it's already uh, clean. When you walk in, in other words, they they did a great job. What you want to worry about is when you open that fridge. Uh, in there, a lot of times they'll have items which they can have a beer in there in the fridge. If if you're in a hotel that supplies you with that, so. Is the best thing, and that's not yours. You're not. You're not kind of. You're. You're not interested in it. The best thing in that case would be to tell the, the hotel that you. You know. You don't want anything in the fridge, and they should remove uh, all the items from the fridge, especially if you have something chametz, uh, your real chametz, like beer or, or some types of spirits or schnapps. So then you would have them have them remove it from there. That's pretty much all you have to do. If they don't want to remove it, you take a piece of tape and, and, and close it. And you never kind it. You never had das to be kind it, which means you never had. Uh, in mind to, to to gain ownership of that item, and uh, and th- that would be enough. Uh-huh. Elchanan is, is 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 I guess uh, he has to know about tums. Elchanan is worrying about his tums. He wants to know if he's allowed to take his tums on Chalamay, on Pesach, the whole Pesach. Okay, so tums are like this. You, you mentioned uh, Pesach, and then you say Chalamay. So we'll we'll talk <laughs> oh. about two aspects of tums. Well, you, well usually <laughs> the the ma- you know the matzah hit, might hit you when it comes to Chalamay. You, you okay, might be good. Okay. You might be good the okay, first so two well, days. You'll, you'll see what I'm leading to in a second. <laughs> okay. As far as the chametz halacha, we we have listed in the guide uh, several types of tums that are chametz free, although they, they do contain kidneys. So therefore, we would say. That someone who's a chayla, if someone has a, a bad case, and they're uh, if they're in pain, or some people need it because w- without it they're going to feel uh, ill, and therefore for such a person it would be it would not be a problem. Um, if a person just you know feels a little bit shvach uh, or has a little bit of indigestion, then the halach is since it has kidney, the is they should not they should not take it. Now, as a side note, really independent of the halach of chametz. There is a halacha about taking medication on Shabbos and Yontif in general, which is a very important halacha, and that is Chazal made a gzera that if, that if someone is not a chayla, they cannot take medicine. What that means, let's start the other way. If a person is ill, even if they're not in danger, the halacha is they're allowed to take any medicine that they need to take. So if someone has fever, they could take, take aspirin, Tylenol, Motion, whatever they need to take. Um, I'm talking now from Ilka Shabbos perspective. However, if it's just a mechush, it's just a discomfort, they have a runny nose, they have a little headache that's not going to get really bad, uh, they're a little bit shrach, a little bit weak, um, or a little indigestion, a little heartburn, the halacha is Shabbos and Yontif, they should not take medication. Now, this is one of the few cases where on Yontif Sheni, on the second day of Yontif, one has the ability to be mechal. So Yontif Sheni would include um, the second day of Pesach, when it, the eighth day of Pesach, when it's not Shabbos, the second day of Shavuos, well, when it's not Shabbos, as well as the second day of Sukkot, the Simchus Torah, are all Yont of Shani, second day of Rosh Hashanah does not count here, it's its own halacha. Anyway, Lamaisa, on the second day of Yont of, there is no problem to take, to take medication as long as it's not a Shabbos. So therefore, 
What it comes out is that during the Seder on the first night, the person has a little bit of indigestion, or in the morning they wake up with a little indigestion, then they cannot take, uh, they cannot take a, 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 a remedy because it's not the Frishan, it's the first day. But after the second Seder, on the second day of Pesach, which never falls out on the Shabbos, so you're, you're always good to go, the Allah is they would be allowed to take it, uh, without without a problem, provided that it's no chametz, and if it's again, if it's just a mechuch, it shouldn't have kidneys either. And if it's a chayla, then uh, then they'd be allowed to take it anyway. But you're saying that tums does have kidneys. Correct, tums have kidneys. Correct. So if, if if you found something that did not have a kidneys in it, uh, for example, a, a common filler is cornstarch, which would be a, which would be kidneys. Sometimes they use a cellulose filler. A cellulose is from wood. That's not kidneyous, and therefore that would be kidneyous free, and therefore uh, that would not be a problem. Right. Some of kasha buckwheat is that chametz? Uh, is that uh... that's a kidneyous item? Uh, but even though it has the term wheat in it, right. we consider kasha to be to be kidneyous, and therefore again, svardim Ashkenazim would would not be allowed to eat it. Svardim, if they know that it's uh, you know. It was it was prepared without any comments in the area, etc. Then they would uh, they would be allowed to to have it, which leads to an important discussion of, of the star S, which Rabbi Helen will tell you all about as far as uh, as for Svardim. The what? Well, Generally well, speaking, the, the Svardim are similar to the Ashkenazim. We discussed before all the different things. And some people, some of us eat, some of us don't eat. Most of us believe that Svardim all are the same. Uh, they're not uh, at least. Uh, with regard to kidneys, they're certainly not. But uh, some Sephardic communities uh, eat rice, some of them don't eat rice, some of them well, eat some beans, some of them on, on eat fresh beans. Oh, really? Uh, and uh, for a long time in the United States, uh, the Sephardim were in a position where the the foods that they were traditionally ate on Pesach, uh, the Seder, you know, they're, they're, they're things that uh, you know, all of us are used to eating, you know. Some people grew up and they were used to eating. They used to eating tumis and uh, not belza, tumis and, and and other and other kinds of things. Some people grew up eating ladyfingers. You know, Americans uh, I think grew up uh, you know eating bazooka bubblegum and and Lieber's ketchup on Pesach. But whatever it might be, <laughs> despite of their traditional foods, they had a lot of difficulty getting uh, for Pesach in a manner that was really the mahajim and the mahajim. Um, even something like rice, which is a relatively pure item, in the United States there's a law that rice needs to be enriched. And that enrichment uh, has all kinds of ingredients. And over the years, you know, the Sephardi Rabbanim were, you know, they figured everything was thoughtful and, you know, there probably wasn't any kind of a problem. And they talked to our Katsvist agencies and we said, yeah, it's probably no problem. Uh, a number of years ago, um, the Sarkay got, got, got into it, said that it was time to focus on the Sephardi a little more. We have a very large uh, Persian community here uh, that came from Iran. Uh, it's an incredible story how Rabbi Nuberger from there, Israel, uh, really saved the generation of Persian, uh, young persons who came to learn Yeshiva and re- really rebuilt the Torah, Persian Torah community um, by, by, by helping them escape from Iran and coming to the United States. Wow, There's a very strong community here of Bnei Torah, and they really were uncomfortable uh, you know, choosing to you know, be, rely on all kinds of leniencies uh, to, to purchase items that they were used to eating on Pesach. Uh, so one of uh, other abundant here in town is very active in the Star K, is a very big Tom and a Talmud of Rabbi Heinemann, Rabbi Emanuel Goldfez, and, uh, became a Rabbi Masher of a, of a hexa called Star S, uh, which I have the chutz to administrate, 
which is a real breakthrough. It's a hachshar for Sfardim, uh to allow Sfardim to make 10 kasher standards um, that are theirs and decisions that are made decisions that are made by um, now all year round, that's about Kumbus. Sfardim or Makbut on on that is Chalakbet Yosef, which is a higher standard uh, than our Glock. Sfardim or Makbut on Yosef across the board, which we are not. Sfardim or Makbut on Sfardim or Makbut on Bishul Yisrael, according to the Beis Yosef, which is much much more common than the Bishul Yisrael of of the Ramah. And that means that many of the food items, if it's meat items or if it's uh, grain-based items, or if it's cooked items, restaurants, are really not kosher for Sfardim. Right. That's, that, that's the honest truth. So, so, so what, during the regular items. year? They, they... Yes, because the regular year, yes. Uh, a yeah. spy, the average Sfardim probably should not eat in almost any kosher restaurant. Uh, anyway, it's uh, 10 o'clock. We have, to take, we have to take a quick break because it's 10 o'clock. So uh, we're on with Rabbi Heber and Rabbi Holland from the Star K down in Baltimore. Again, 347-927-8398. You can text in any questions you might have. We're going to take this break and be back with New the rabbis home. right after www.jrootradio.com Call us at 718-975-9000. When you call or stop by, make sure to say hello to A.B. Aureli, and of course tell them you heard about them. Where? Right here on Leil Shishi with Yaeli. Are you a palliate? And they wish all our listeners a Chag Koshev Sameach. And again, we just want to remind everybody about the Cholomite events. Cholomiteevents.com, two great events. One going to be taking place at the Coco Keys Water Resort in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Monday and Tuesday, Cholomite. Water park hours, boys from 1 to 3.30, girls 4 to 6.30. The other times, the incredible R.J. Lewis will be performing. And uh, and uh, 20 bucks for a water park ticket, amazing. And uh, they could stay in hotels in that area for just $129 a room, amazing. Or if you want to go a little bit further, you could go down to Six Flags America in the Baltimore, Washington, D.C. area on Tuesday, Cholomite, from 12.30 to 7, an exclusive opening, close to the public, so we'll be able to enjoy it with a nice Hamisha atmosphere for our uh, our community celebrating this incredible Yantav of Pesach. Again, Tuesday, Cholomite, down at Six Flags America. As they say over here, um, very short lines, drive a little extra, save hours of waiting online, make it a capital Cholomoy trip. Again, also there, there's a hotel that they're going to be uh, able to provide for you in the area, not far from Six Flags America, with a gala concert on Monday and Tuesday night. Very reasonable hotel ra- hotel rates if you want to go down. Again, 732-503-8008. 732-503-8008. Or, of course, online, cholhamoyedevents.com. And now, the 
show that you've all been waiting for. Only on JVRadio.com. Tens of thousands of listeners bringing you the very best in Jewish music. Leo Sisi with Yoyli. And here's your host, Yoyli Carr. And welcome back to the show. We're going to get to our guests in just a moment. But as usual, you know, this is a music show and we want to bring you some great Pesach music. So uh, we are going to uh, remember recently Yumi Lowy released an incredible album. He has a beautiful Halal song on there. So we're going to put everybody in a good Yontav mood. Here is Malachu Ayom from Yumi Lowy on J Root Radio on Lil Shishi. Yeah. 
Yeah, can't wait to be saying Hallel Mitzvah Shem coming up. In a little bit, we're going to be saying Hallel. In one week, next That's Shabbos right. Mitzvah I hope it won't be this slow motion. No, I'm we, We're sleeping the Seder. No, 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 no. Anyway, <laughs> no. we have with us Rabbi, Rabbis Heber and Rabbi Holland from the Star K. And um, you know, again, we uh, want to remind everybody that all this stuff that we're talking about tonight, and much, much more, because we can only fit in a certain amount into an hour and a half, could be uh, found in the Star K Pesach directory, the 2016 Pesach directory, or at star-k.org, or during regular business hours, tomorrow from 9 to 2.30, and next week from 9 to 5, 410-484-4110, Again, any questions that you have, and, and Kaya's role is unbelievable, everybody wants to know what they could use, what to do, how they do things, so it's really incredible, and that's why we're happy to team up with the Star K tonight to bring this, uh, this uh, show to you, and uh, hopefully everybody is gaining, you know, People are, are, are scrubbing, cleaning, getting ready for Shabbos time, but they're still doing Pesach cleaning because next week everybody wants to turn over their kitchens, right? So uh, maybe ho- hopefully we're going to be able to uh, get into a little bit more of uh, the details of kashering in a few minutes. But Achanan's mother has a question, and if Achanan's mother sends in a question, we have to answer a question, right, Rabbis? Keep it in. Can you use a new Brita water pitcher with the Brita filter on Pesach? Pesach. A new Brita. Is there a problem with the Brita water pitchers? I know. The filters Filters are, are there's nothing comments about them. We've actually researched uh, some some of them and over the years, um, and I've never found them to be a problem, those filters. Okay, so there you go. You're good to go. You're good to go. There you go, Hanan's mother. You got your answer. Very good. By the way, somebody writes here that... That not just does bells does need carrots, but square does neither eat carrots. So Rabbi Holland, you got to get all the facts. <laughs> Did we lose them? I think we lost the rabbis. Okay, you know, know what that means. We're gonna have to play some. No, some... no, no. We're gonna call. We're gonna. We're gonna going to. You know what? We're going to. Um, let me just. Uh, we have to get. You know, it's amazing how how people how people are texting in. Okay. We, we, we have a queued up. We have something queued up here, and we're going to get, make re- reconnect with rabbis, the, with rabbis Haber and Rabbi Holland. We have. We're going to be saying Shira on Pesach. Right? Is that what you have queued up? Shvishal Pesach. Shvishal Pesach. What is that? What happened so on Shvishal Pesach? Here is Yaeli Greenfield with Zeh. Az Yushim Moshe Rabbeinu Alel Shishi with Yaeli. JRootRadio.com.
Okay, <laughs> sorry about that, rabbis. But uh, sometimes, you know, technology isn't at its best always, you know what I'm saying? Rabbi Holland. Yeah. We, were, we got a uh, text over here that not only do the Belzers not eat carrots. Square doesn't eat carrots. I don't know if you heard us say that before. So. Oh, so we just Square want... doesn't eat carrots a whole year, just on Pesach. It seems like it's Pesach. I know you would know that. <laughs> Square I say it in jest, but you know, Square is very, very, very macabre on Machosasus. Yeah, no, I know. Very, very macabre on Machosasus. I'm not familiar with all the women, I know some of them. Uh, so it's very much for the Chol I assume they came through here. <laughs> I, I just want to point out. I, I want to point out. I was mentioning to Rabbi Heber during our unscheduled break. <laughs> I want to point out to you that that you know, as much as people resist, uh, you know, we always get people ask us why we put out this book with medicines and cosmetics. People resist it, which is funny because if you read the book carefully, it says that it's clearly that it's a chumrah. Uh, in, in, in the few cases where it's where where, where like Rabbi Heber mentioned, where the person not that sick or whatever it might be, you know, you need to know the information, but it's clear, you know, what, what it's a chumrah. But, you know, people who are maxed not to eat mushrooms or garlic or carrots, so certainly, uh, you know, should uh, at least be sensitive, at least be sensitive to the idea that uh, many, many people want to be maxed on the medicines and cosmetics that they take uh, or use or use on, or use on Pesach. It's, it's not really a surprise. It's, it's uh, with the complicated world that we live in, though, uh, it really is a challenge, and the start campaign actually really is helpful when it comes to that. Very, very, very good. Somebody, um, again, we just want to remind everybody, could all these questions that we're discussing tonight, plus thousands of more, star-k.org, or you could call during business hours, 410-484-4110, 410-484-4110. Somebody wants to know if bottled water needs a hechsha for Pesach. Bottled water does not need a hechsha for, for Pesach. Uh, even if it has um, the minerals added, it, uh, as long as it's not flavored, something with a flavor would require a hechsha for Pesach. But if it's just um, plain water... Let's say the regular Poland Spring bottled water does not right. need a no, hechsha. No, does not need a hechsha for Pesach. It's fine without it. <coughs> Somebody else wants to know, a children's Motrin, is that, uh, are you allowed to use that on Pesach? Oh, so that's a good question. Certain Motrins are allowed for Pesach. The ones that we have um, of the Motrin, the children's suspension, which would be the berry, the regular and dye-free berry, is come it's free, and the infant drops berry, regular and dye-free on the Motrin are, are both fine. Aha, very good. Is there a problem with paper towels? If you know you put your fried schnitzel into it, is there a problem? You know, because usually the that, first that's one a, that's, was, that's was a fabulous glue. question. With glue, that, that's a fabulous question. You know, the sarcasm is, is unique in many ways. But one of the things the sarcasm is unique with is that is that we certify probably more paper than any certification agency in the world. Uh, paper, uh, in general, is made from wood pulp, and when that wood pulp is um, that wood pulp, uh, you know, it, it, it has to be somehow stiffened, and it's usually stiffened with a with a, a starch of some kind. So we recommend that you could use paper towels. You could use you could use paper towels um, in a manner that, um, as long as you avoid the beginning or the end of the roll of paper towels. And the reason for that is is because we have found that the starch is 
that are used in paper towels do not present a chametz or kidneys issue. However, when they affix the the beginning of the roll to the cardboard tube and the end of the roll to itself, they often can use a glue that's based on corn that's based on cornstarch. We recommend that we remove the sheets. Uh, we say three sheets. You know, the idea is you get rid of the first two sheets <clears throat> and because there's some glue that could have. Uh, Sort of see through it and the last sheet. And what do you do with it? You just, just throw a mat, is not a problem. Yeah, just, just you, can use it for, you can use it for non food based uh, work. Oh, if you okay. want to wipe off uh, you know, the floor, for example, the first three and last three are not a problem. But you're not going to use it on your counter. Food. But I should mention paper plates. That we say needs a customer paper certification. Because oh, there, really? the, the, the plates, the paper plates, um, that are not plastic coated. Um, plain paper plates, we say these are plastic certification because they have a release agent, they have starches on them. Uh, when they're plastic coated, uh, Reinerman says that you can use them for cold, but we shouldn't use them for hot because when you put hot food directly in a plastic coated paper plate, uh, it kind of goes through and it'll, it'll, it'll come into direct contact with whatever is stiffening that plate. But what about it? What about it? have some competition. So three much regular, so no one gets confused. Paper napkins and paper towels. You could use them hot or cold, except, of course, the first three and last three are the paper towel because of the external glue, which is there. Um, paper plate to the other extreme, that should not be used with hot or cold unless it has a piece of hechsher. So you're better off using plastic plates. Those you could use any plastic plate. There's no problem and with the plate. coating on the plastics? What's that? The plastic plates. There's no problem. Right. Regular plastic plates. That's, you know, the regular plastic that we know that, you know, bendable and make that the plastic sound. Those are 100% fine, hot, and cold. And then there's these plastic-coated paper plates, which are okay for cold, but not for hot. By the way, we have a listener texting in from uh, your neck of the woods from Silver Spring, Maryland. They're listening to us in Silver Spring, Maryland. Um, so they write over here, if a child is taking medication, for example, amoxicillin, should they get a fresh bottle for Pesach? I guess they were using it for a few days. Obviously, they have to take the full dosage because I guess if it's something serious. But do they have to get a new bottle because it was being used during Chomet's time? Do they have to get a new bottle? Not necessary. You know, there's some of the old guys used to make a statement uh, that, you know, to buy new, new, everything new because you're, you're afraid. But in, in realistically, we say that even if it was around the Chomet's, it's not a problem. You put it on a Chomet spoon, etc. You don't have to be Mac, but that, that goes both with, for cosmetics as well as, um, you know, medications and so on. The only thing that's advisable is, uh, let's say, somebody has a, a, a medication or a vitamin that they, and, and they, a lot, let's say, they can take it on Pesach also, and it sits in their kitchen, and every morning, you know, with the cereal and milk, they, they put it in, they put their finger in, and they take it out, and it's mom is sitting there in the kitchen, and they, and they, they, they constantly go back and forth from it, constantly meaning daily, because it was right there together with the chametz, where they put their finger in it, and, and it was with chametz, so and then, then it's advisable. But, any, but that's, that's not so often. Maybe somebody has something in their kitchen. <laughs> Other than that, it's not, it's not necessary. Uh, even, even lipstick, you don't, you don't need a new roll of lipstick. There you, go. you can just um, you know, wipe off the, if you're afraid, you just wipe off the top layer and there try you go. You're, you're good to go. Very good. And is there a way to kasher a microwave for Pesach? Cypher the Ashkenazim and cypher the Sephardim. Well, you know, I want to tell you, when you're talking about the Sephardim, there are very few differences between Ashkenazim and Sephardim when it comes to Pesach, other than, other than kidneys. Isn't and, it with uh, the glass again, tray? If somebody wants for Pesach, you can look at the Star K guide. We have Star S. The one cooler that the Star S does is that we go ahead 
and uh, we, we certify kidneys for Pesach. Otherwise, all the Sephardic certifications we do for year-round are Chumras, like I mentioned before. But mic- mi- microwaves um, are very interesting because microwaves don't actually heat up. They, micro- they microwaves heat up the food. So microwaves don't necessarily uh, absorb hummus. It's really a question of when you, when you run your microwave, does it, does it actually heat up the, the microwave itself? So it's a real, you know, it's a real, um, you know, it's it's a real uh, uh, question. You could theoretically uh, cash your microwave for Pesach, but uh, let me say, uh, if you look at the Stockton book in the directory, you'll see that there's a there's a whole procedure that you that, that on page 23 you check if you, you check if the walls get hot. But you should note, you should note, the first thing is you got to get your microwave clean. And for a lot of people, they ask me this question. I always say. Before you read the book, before we talk about the theory of cashew microwave, which is possible, which which is possible, but you have to know that the microwave itself must be clean if you want to cash it for Pesach. So therefore, theoretically, if your microwave is one of those microwaves that you could test, we have a system how to test it. You cook a potato in it, and you put your after you cook the potato, you put your hands on the ceiling and see if it's too hot to touch. And if it's not too hot to touch, then the walls never became hummus. Uh, so then we go. In. And we clean the microwave very well, and we uh, we wait 24 hours before using it on Pesach, and we cover the plate. You should you, we take away the plate that's over there, <coughs> and then you microwave special Pesach because it never became common to it. But you, you have to know this microwave must be clean. And once we're talking about appliances, I want to take an opportunity. You know, the Star K is uh, one of the larger cash agencies in the world, and we take our work very seriously. We have an opportunity on JRoot Radio. We have an alert uh, that we want to share uh, with you a concern for people, uh, which is the Star K. Over the last 15 or 20 years, been actively involved in assisting people to be able to use appliances in kosher kitchens that don't cause whole shabbos. The modern appliances, <coughs> unfortunately, are very challenging to use in a kitchen uh, on shabbos and yontif. And the reason for that is because when you open and close these doors, uh, for ovens, refrigerators, and other kinds of things, um, all kinds of things happen. And the Starkey pioneered a Sabbath and holiday mode uh, to allow for the use of those ovens uh, in a permissible way. Obviously, you can't cook on Shabbos. Um, you can cook on Yantif, but uh, you can't cook on Shabbos. Uh, but just to leave your food in the oven and take it out on Shabbos is a challenge. On Yantif, uh, it's a larger challenge. The oven shut off after 12 hours, and Starkey pioneered this. Uh, recently, uh, unfortunately, we became aware that there were a couple of models uh, and actually a whole company that uh, somehow their, their ovens have been found not to be compliant, uh, despite all the efforts that, that we have put in, certified thousands of different appliances, ovens, refrigerators, dishwashers, all kinds of things. Uh, there there have been a few uh, cases we discovered that have issues. There are four Bosch models uh, that seem to have a problem, and uh, there's a solution to that problem. Bosch is going to fix every. Bosch is a very special company, and they feel terrible about it. And we we also are extremely concerned about this, and they are going to fix everybody's ovens. And until such time. Uh, you need to use the Shabbos mode, but we suggest if you have one of those four models that you could find on the Star K website, and that there have been ads, and there's going to be uh, some more things put out in schools and, and uh, websites, etc. You can find it all over the Internet. Uh, if you have one of those models, in addition to, to putting Shabbos mode on, a, one of those Shabbos, there's a switch on the door of the oven that needs to be depressed. There's a Shabbos switch, a little plastic thing that can hold the switch down, and you could use any heat-resistant tape. All LG ovens, it's a Korean company, all LG ovens uh, have been found to not to be compliant with our with our guidelines, and LG is completely uncertified. Uh, guidelines: If you own an LG oven, there are guidelines how you can continue to use it in a similar manner by engaging the Sabbath mode and using a 
some sort of method like the Shabbos switch to keep the switch down. And finally, um, it's unclear. We've tested many Samsung ovens, and we found them to be uh, questionable. There's some issues with the Samsung oven, and we set up a special page on our website, um, a special page on our website to identify uh, new alerts about Samsung. It's uh, www.star-k.org forward slash Samsung. Um, there's a, a, a email list that you can subscribe to uh, in order to in order to receive uh, updates about Samsung and to reach out to us at any consumer who's interested in discussing this with us, both because they have an issue if they want help, or if they're just interested in the in the how this how how the mode works uh, on a practical level or a halachic level. Uh, we're available, of course, halacha at star dash k dot org four one zero four eight four four one one zero and uh, every other possible way you can get. Uh, in touch with the Star K. We're working to the best of our knowledge. The rest of the many hundreds of items that we certify are, are fine. Uh, however, uh, we're working diligently to review every single certification, every single appliance, uh, to make sure they're 100% in compliance uh, with, uh, with the specifications that we set up. Yeah. It's an important yeah. thing for consumers to know. And lest you think that you could avoid this problem, it's not so simple. Uh, an oven. Uh, especially, but many refrigerators as well, are almost impossible to avoid. Even if you take down the take down the uh, if you take down the uh, switch that opens and closes the door, and many other things that can go wrong. A Samsung holiday mode is uh, is very very critical for a Shomer Shabbos family, and a certified one is even more important. A certified one is. There are many companies that advertise Sabbath modes that have not been reviewed by anybody, they have not been tested, and it's unclear. Uh, it's not clear exactly what those things mean, and uh, we encourage people uh, to be careful when they buy appliances to know that it's really very, very difficult to buy any kind of uh, oven or refrigerator today without uh, knowing exactly how uh, it impacts Shabbos observance. And, of course, a certified, a certified appliance uh, is the best way to go. Believe it or not, time is running out. We only have a few more minutes left, just a few more quick ones. First of all, is there, uh, what does somebody do with braces? Braces is a, uh, a lot of the uh, teenagers have have braces and it's metal. They eat hot food with it. So how do they deal with that? How do you kasha your braces? We just say, yeah, you have to kasha. We just say, you just clean them out, you know, before, after you take your last bite of hummus, whether uh, the night before Pesach or every Pesach, that pizza, um, that pizza, you know, you know, right? Mouth, brush your teeth, and that's all you gotta do. Uh huh. Is, is there a problem with the rubber bands that they that they put in there that they have starch on them? Yeah, so we say to, um, I believe, to rinse them off if they have the starch on them. Uh, we just say to rinse them off. Um, our official statement. Again, some rubber bands are are not going to be a problem, but um, if they have if they have that starch on them, then they should be rinsed off before using. But I think. I think we used to be more macbeth on it, but found out that the, the, that's not typically the case. So um, typically it's not really a problem unless you see the starch. One last question. A listener asked about a self-cleaning oven. Do you have to clean the oven before you put on the self-cleaning mode, or the self-cleaning mode is good enough to just clean it out? Yeah, that's all. You just have to, once you do the, the self-cleaning oven, then that's it. That's all you got to do. Some people say there's some stuff around the door it doesn't get to. If you want to, you know, just wipe away that area, um, then that's not a, uh, that's all you got to do. By the way, rubber bands, we say to rinse well with cold water before Pesach, uh, because apparently the, that, that, that we are afraid that that, uh, the regular rubber bands are going to have it. 
So even if you don't see it, then uh, one should rinse it back. And um, what was the, the last question was? The self, you have to... The, the, oh, oh, self-clean, yeah. All you got to do is self-clean, and you're, you're good to go. Self-clean it if there's anything on the door. But what, what, what about that door, the glass door? Little with the gasket, because you can ruin it if you start picking away at it. Right. If you see stuff on the door, you get a kibbutz kachpolta, a self-clean is going to clean it, kasher it, and, and, uh, and you're good to go. Wow. There you go. You know what? Uh, people still texting in so many questions. And unfortunately, time is running out. So they could go to the website to star-k.org, star-k.org, or 410-484-4110, 410-484-4110. And uh, you could ask your questions. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Rabbi Heber. Thank you, Rabbi Holland, for incredible. Uh, this is a good reunion for you. 100%, Rabbi Holland. Thank yeah, you. This is the best kind of reunion because we can hang up at the end. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Rabbi. Come back to you and all your listeners. Thank you. Have, have, have a wonderful Yontev. Here is Yale Greenfeld Zell. We're coming back right after this. Wow, wasn't that incredible? Very, very, very interesting. A lot of great Shilas brought up. They're so now, it's amazing. I thought it's Rabbi Wicklow's show now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm hard on the corner of Avenue West. Thank you. (laughs) Anyway, I do want to thank everybody who texted in, who who, uh, participated. I know there are many people that you should have seen the texts. Many, many texts. But you know, it's very hard to... uh, this is when I always give kudos to DJ Yehuda, how he's able to read all the texts. Okay, but we have to have the rabbis answer them. So we want to thank Rabbis uh, Holland and Rabbi uh, Heber from the Star K again, star-k.org. Or uh, what's the number there again? 410-484-4110. Exactly. Anyway, again, thank you. Uh, you. By the way, this tonight is a week before Yontif. <laughs> if you, we, you probably are going to be hearing this again on Badikas Chametz night. So we want to wish everybody a Chag Koshe V'Sameach and a, a, a beautiful, beautiful Yontif. We want to thank, of course, our friends at Plaza Auto Leasing and wish them a Chag Koshe V'Sameach. Make sure to uh, go in and say hello to Abiorelli, 718-975-9000. Thank you to Sharon and our friends at Nash Express. Right now before Yontif. Right now before Yontif. You might have to wait online a little. That's right, but it's But you know what? That's what happens. But there, they try to get you in and out right away. And when away. you're in there, tell them that you heard about them on Lil Shishi with Yerli. And of course, we want to see everybody at the, one of the Cholomite events, cholomiteevents.com, either Monday and Tuesday at the Coco Keys Resort or on Tuesday at the Six Flags America down in Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, Washington, D.C. area. Six Flags America, cholomoidevents.com. Check out all their rates, the hotels, the titzach. There's going to be concerts, mices, events, cholomoidevents.com. And remember, always be besimcha! <laughs>
Bye.